This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Everybody, this is Charles Warner with Innovation and Tech Today, and we are here with the great Gary Vanderchuk. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Okay, uh, so we're just going to jump right into this. We want to take our, our readers kind of a little bit behind the scenes and sure. you know, let them see a side of Gary, maybe. Tell us kind of how a, a typical day starts for you. You know, busy guy, you're doing a lot of things. I get up at six, maybe seven, if I can sneak it in, which is always the best. Um, I'll work out for an hour. Um, and then you know I'll sneak in a couple minutes with the family, Monday through Friday. There is no typical day because I travel 30, 40 percent of the year, uh-huh. um, or the weekdays. Um, so it could be you know lots of airports. Um, this morning I woke up in Denver. Tomorrow I'm going to wake up in Chicago. So, but usually it is wake up. Look at my phone, make sure nothing's on fire. Because mm-hmm. when you're, you know, what's lonely about entrepreneurship and CEO land is you're the last line of defense. So I want to make sure if there's anything I have to address. So there's always a little, you know, a buzzer goes off and then a sense of anxiety of like, hey, because we have a London office, we have an LA office, there's always things going on. Um, work out. And then basically from 8.30 until 10.30, I am in some mix of, 80% running VaynerX, which is the holding company that owns VaynerMedia. I'm the CEO and chairman of VaynerX and mm-hmm. CEO of VaynerMedia. There's PureWow and other things that we own in that world. Um, and so 80% meetings for that, new business development, hiring, HR, operations, just in it, yeah. operating. And probably 20% of brand building, whether it's something like this or meeting with you know, an influencer or you know, just meeting a, a mogul or an up and coming mogul, just human interaction. Yeah. I'm, not in my, I'm not in my, I don't even have a laptop anymore. So I only have my phone. I'm not in work. I'm in work from strategy and people execution. And so I, you know, I work a good, hefty 14, 15, 16 hour day um, all the time. Do you find that on the road you can actually get more done? 100%. Yesterday I finally did my email (laughs) because I got lucky the Wi-Fi wasn't working when we first got on the plane super well and so I just got into a rhythm and didn't get distracted and cleaned up my inbox real well which is my to-do list so that always feels better. Doesn't that feel great? Oh my god, my admins were thrilled. Um, (laughs) And and, uh, yeah, no question. The, The airplane is disproportionately the place where I get the most tangible answering questions mm-hmm. of me making decisions that are sitting in my inbox. Yeah, well you're kind of, you're isolated, right? You're there, you're in a tube, you're going you know, 500 miles an hour, you might as well get some stuff done. I mean, when, when it was pre-internet on planes, I really crushed. Offline, boom. With the internet, you know, you can get distracted, you can get into a Twitter hole, yeah. you can get into you know, looking up something, you can get, you can get caught. Okay, um, so tell us a little bit about, uh, you you're were an early investor in uh, Bitcoin, weren't you? I, good, good homework. Yeah. Uh, um, nothing crazy, Don't get, let's not get excited here, but I did buy um, some Bitcoin in 2014, so I, I was curious about crypto, I bought some Ethereum. I made some bucks, but I didn't put in real money, so it's nothing that, you know, we're not gonna buy the Jets just yet. Um, uh, maybe the Steelers. Yeah. Um, it's a joke, a good friend of mine who's worked with me for five years, who lives out here, just walked in, he's a Steelers fan, so just for everybody wondering. Uh, 
Yes, I, I thought cryptocurrency was gonna be real in 2014. Still, still bullish on it? I'm unbelievably bullish on blockchain technology. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if Bitcoin or some of the other coins are going to be the currency that wins, mm-hmm. but this would be like somebody saying to me, do you believe in the internet? Yes. Do you believe in Ask Jeeves? Uh, maybe. Do you believe in Netscape Navigator? Maybe. Do you believe in Google? Maybe. So the winners on top of blockchain is a little murky. Mm-hmm. The you know obviously Bitcoin's out and about, but uh, I'm bullish on blockchain tremendously. Yeah. Yeah, they say blockchain has uh, ramifications that can, you know, across all sectors, really just change the game. You know, kind of open source. And, oh, yeah. It is a game. You know, the internet was a decentralization of a lot of things, but it was still a centralized place, mm-hmm. which is why you've seen big companies built on it. Blockchain goes to a totally different place. I think it brings reputation and who you are and brand to a whole new level, and so I'm very excited to see how it plays out over the next two to three decades. Yeah, yeah, um, and that also kind of segues into uh, you know cybersecurity. It's a big thing nowadays as far as uh, you know yep. how secure is our information, how yep. you know what's going on behind the scenes on the internet. Um, what are your thoughts kind of on the state of the state with regard to cybersecurity and you know? I think it's bigger than people realize. Meaning, I think this is more about being a good person mm-hmm. than about security. Meaning I think that most people actually don't care about privacy. You think you do, but I don't think you do because your actions show that you don't. Meaning we care about the health and well-being of ourselves and our loved ones mm-hmm. and we care about our money, mm-hmm. right? And as long as those things aren't compromised, now if the 15 biggest celebrities are murdered tomorrow because they gave away their location, I have a funny feeling privacy is gonna start mattering. If your money was stolen by a scam on the internet and you couldn't get it back, Chase Bank or Wells Fargo's like, sorry, tough luck. Yeah. I think you're gonna start caring about your credit card number. But since those two things are not gonna happen, yeah. and you know, maybe there'll be an unfortunate event with a celebrity, but like in the macro, it's not gonna happen. I think what you're gonna see is something completely different. I think all of us are gonna start acting in a way that we realize people could see this. Mm. Does that make us, does that stop us from texting dumb shit? No. Does that stop people from sending new photos? No. We're still gonna be us. Mm-hmm. But I think we're gonna start being more empathetic and less hypocritical of each other yeah. as we start all realizing that we're all flawed. So I have a very different point of view on this. I don't see this as terrible. I see this as phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, see that, um, I see that transparency is the gateway to happiness and I'm extremely bullish of the human race over the next hundred years. Yeah, and you actually think that we're living in the best time ever right now? Because we are. Yeah. People are healthier, we're happier, we're richer, we're, there's more abundance. Mm-hmm. Is there genocide? Yes. Is there racism? Yes. Sexism? Yes. Crooks? Yes. Just less. Yeah. And so like propaganda on television tells us it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's just not being backed up by the data. Yeah. Like go, go ask all your most badass professional women about their jobs and careers and then go talk to their great grandmothers. Just tell me who had it worse. So you know, yeah. you know, go talk to people that you know, you know like both my grandfathers spent a decade in jail for being Jewish in Eastern Europe. Wow. Like yes, there's bad things going on. Mm-hmm. Just not as, you know, you know, the Black Plague is scary. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We don't context it. I mean, women just got the right to vote. It was like a hundred and some odd years ago. You Not a hundred some odd. Nineteen. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, yeah, yes. But you know, like, but like, oh. what about, what, yeah, but like 1960, like, you go look at America in 1962. Yeah. A lot to be left desired, mm-hmm. let's put it that way. And so, yes, do we have dumb shit? Yes. Is there a lot of stuff going on? Yes. Is nationalism going across the globe and, and, and uh, you know, democracies are looking a little bit different? Absolutely. And so you gotta keep an eye on it, you can't take your ball off, but, I just think the world's better. And the internet yeah. doesn't care that you crossed the border and started a business. The internet is fucking the best. Yeah. My point of view. I can't even imagine the people that grew up that didn't have, you know, like, like how we grew up. We, we didn't have the internet. It we were 18. Yeah, yeah. We, no we cell phone in home. high school. If you wanted to meet your buddy after school, you met <laughs> at the big tree around 3.30. And if your buddy, if your buddy like mom got held up yeah. and he was 15 minutes late, you quit after like 12 minutes, you missed each other. Like, like people don't, you know, these youngsters don't get it. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm unbelievably uh, struggling with people complaining. Um, I keep bringing up this one example because I saw it happen and just hit me. Like people literally are complaining about the wrong milk being put in their $6 coffee. I mean, if that's your life, you fucking won. Yeah. Yeah, first world problems. <laughs> Not uh, even. Yeah. Six dollar yeah. coffee. Let's talk about your book. Yeah. I listened to it on Audible. Thank you. First of all, I love listening to books on, I think that uh, Audible, I mean, it's kind of like podcast before podcast, right? Like, yeah, audio books are rad. Yeah, and you get to listen to the person who wrote it, speaking it, which is pretty awesome. At its best. Yeah. Too many authors aren't reading their book. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what, just, what's the feedback been? How's it going? Oh, all time. It's the Crushing greatest it. audio book of all time. Yeah. Download it today. <laughs> um, you know, I think people love when I go off script. Mm-hmm. I love the opportunity of updating my own content that's super fresh with even more fresh content. Yeah. Uh, I hate doing it. Like sitting in a booth reading for four or five hours is like torture. I'm not a good reader. I've gotten better probably because of the audiobook. Uh, it's unbelievably difficult to get through for me, which mm-hmm. is rare because I don't do a lot of things I don't like doing. Mm-hmm. But it feels so good when it's out and I know that it brings a lot of value. It, it brings a tremendous amount of value and I think that for someone like you, that's, that's gotta be the most fulfilling part, you know, is that you're really bringing value to people. I see what people write on, on social media, the comments and po- stuff, po- it's gotta feel po- good. Positive reinforcement's incredible. Yeah. I hate when people are like, oh, I love, I love doing for others and they try to position it as this altruistic, their Gandhi shit, mm-hmm. that's fine and I like it too, it's a nice feeling, it's an incredible legacy. Yeah. But it, no question, I get an adrenaline rush or euphoria, whatever the hell it is, you know, I failed science. Whatever I'm getting from the feedback, it's incredible. It's an incredibly humbling, uh, you know, prideful feeling to have people say nice things and think that you brought them value. Yeah, yeah. Tony Robbins talks about that, uh, that contribution and that growth, you know, the two spiritual kind of needs that we have and uh, when you help other people, you get both of them. It's karma, man. Yeah. Karma's practical. It's un- like, like there is no formula that isn't more obvious to me than doing the right thing is the right thing. Like it will work itself out. Now, the reason people struggle with doing the right thing is because they do the right thing with the intent of getting something back. Mm -hmm. They give with purpose of something else. So they're actually not giving. When you're actually just giving, you're giving without expectation. Right. When people are like, no, it's not good, it's because they gave 
with the intent of then that person reciprocating something greater than they get. Gary Vee, I'll drive you to the, I'll, I'll pick you up, I'll be a great guy, Gary, I'll be, I'll be a great guy, I'll pick you up at the airport and drive you to the hotel. I'm like, so I have to be on for those 27 <laughs> minutes and answer all your burning desirable questions one-on-one? Like, now I'm flattered, Yeah. but but don't position it, at, if you said, can you do me a favor and let me pick you up yeah. and answer 27, that's actually how you get me to do it. Yeah. If, you, if somebody emailed me instead of the bullshit of, I'm gonna do you a favor, I'm gonna buy you lunch or drive you to the airport, and they said, hey, can you do me a favor? I'll pick you up in the airport and take you to the hotel, and can you answer 14 questions? Then I would say, that's authentic, I'm in. Yeah. I think somebody, I think somebody pretty smart said, bring value, bring value, bring value, then ask. And thank you for saying that, and ask is the key, Uh because I think most people, even the ones that bought into me and like me, and kind of red jab, 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 right hook and got there, thought it meant bring value, bring value, bring value, and then take something back. Mm. You have to understand that the second you start creating expectations, you become vulnerable. Yeah, that that makes sense. So tell us about K-Swiss. K-Swiss, so I got a random email almost two years ago that said, I'm the president of K-Swiss and we'd like to make a Gary Vee sneaker. I liked that email <laughs> and, I, and I was curious if he was real. Yeah. You know, meaning, I didn't think he was a joke, I knew it was the actual president. I was worried that it was gonna be like an influencer, thing. like there was a sneaker mm-hmm. that they already made and like, I could be like, Gary Vee says. Yeah. I was like, fuck that, right. Yeah. No, slap my face is what I was looking for. <laughs> I wanted to put my signature and have a Gary Vee sneaker yeah. and that, this isn't one, this is just a different thing, but like, I, there was two things that mattered to me. One, I thought it was cool. I thought if I could make a successful sneaker then I'd be the first entrepreneur for a mainstream. I wanna buy nostalgic brands in my career. K-Swiss yeah. was a nostalgic brand. And I also liked that it could have failed. Mm-hmm. I liked the fear of falling on my face with it. Yeah. Because um, I thought that was a good energy and I liked the idea of giving my friends ammo to make fun of me. You know, I, I, I literally one of the reasons I signed a deal is I romanticized this vision 28 years from now where yeah. my friends are like, hey, remember when you were a dick and thought you could sell sneakers? You idiot. Like, I think that's, I think that's a good idea to yeah. always push yourself where the downside is you can make fun of yourself and yeah. move on. That's how that deal felt. It went really, really well. We have the new one coming out, the 003 in July. You know, it's gonna be a challenge. We made a lot of pairs. Mm-hmm. Um, me and the team are kind of looking at it like it's going to take work, but I think it's going to be successful. Yeah. Did you get any advice from uh, from Damon John? I didn't. Though okay. Damon's awesome. Yeah. I, 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 first of all, I tend not to take advice uh, because I think it's ego. Yeah. But I've got to figure. Or, but I also think it's slow. I don't like it. I like. I like taking advice from the audience. Uh-huh. I, I'd much rather read every single person's comment to this interview mm-hmm. than take advice from somebody fancy. Yeah. I really mean that. I really mean that. And, and by the way, that's how I learn. I spew advice all day. If you get value from it, amazing. If you don't, I love when people are like, hey bro, sorry, but I don't watch your stuff. I'm like, great, like, I wouldn't watch it either. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions about you? Speaking of the public and... Um, I think at first, like for all the people in the audience uh-huh. just now, who never heard of me, who were here to see Tony Robbins and I'm on the thing, it's very easy in public settings, interviews yeah. and on stage, for my competitive bravado to be my lead. Yeah. Steve, for example, let's use him in this interview, he knows me 
he knows the part because he watched Boehner being built and he knows how I've handled him. He knows the far more compassionate, kind Babin, the, like the warm and fuzzy mama type of me. Like I'm a very interesting contradiction. I am super kind of like emotional, soft, like not, I'm, because I'm not financially driven, yeah. I don't have that cutthroat, I'm making a money decision, sorry man, it's just business, I'll like drag out firing someone, I'll try to put them on, I'm always there for them. So I think the biggest misconception is that between my cursing, my jersey energy, and my bravado, that I'm cutthroat, I'm winner take all, I'm yeah. fuck you, uh, and I think that there's a part of me that's like that, the one that's, when, you know, you know who I think I am? Hmm. I think I'm that athlete that on the field will like trip you, will hold on every play, yeah. will like fucking cheat, like yeah. I'll like, you know, like. Poke your but, eyes Yeah, out. poke your eye, like, but, but, all, when the game's over, yeah. I'm the first one to come and high five you, ask you about how's Karen, you know, like put in a recommendation for your grandkid to get, your, your kid to get into the school I went into, if I'm like a good player from Ohio State. Like, <laughs> like I, I think when I'm on the field, I want to destroy your face, but in real life, I want you to have the happiest life of all time. Yeah, empathy. Empathy. Yeah. Um, just a couple more questions for you. Um, what do you think about the investment side of the cannabis business? I'm very bullish on it. Are you? Yes. Think it's going to continue to be? I, I mean, they're saying like $20 billion in the next couple of years. Yeah. Here's the problem. There'll be a couple Philip Morrises. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be a trillion shitty Morrises. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of money that's about to be lost in mainstream cannabis is going to be as much as it's gonna be made. Mm -hmm. Like, people don't understand gold rushes. Not everybody finds gold. Yeah. There's a lot of hucksters in it. By the nature of the product, you've got a bunch of fucking people in it that don't wanna work. Yeah. Really, you got a bunch of people that think it's a gold rush. It's easy, it's free money, there's no such thing. Yeah. So I'm very bullish on it, just like I was very bullish on the internet. A lot of people made a lot of money and way more lost a lot of money. That's what's gonna happen in cannabis. Yeah. What about esports? Obsessed. Yeah. I think I think esports uh, easily is a top four sport in America in seven years. Wow. Soon, rapid, and at scale. I think American football, even with concussions, American football, basketball, soccer, esports. Esports is way bigger than hockey uh, and golf and other things. It's, it's crazy, I mean, we were just talking about it. They filled this arena, like 20,000 people, uh, for DreamHack here just to watch, uh, to watch them play games. Oh I mean, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, Korea, 100,000 people, yeah. you know, look at Ninja, 600,000 people, concurrent streams, like, this is real life shit. Yeah, yeah, it's happening right now. Um, just real quickly, talk about um, some of the advantages of podcasting as, as a way to communicate, and then also you're, you're really big on voice, right? I am. Uh, podcasting is audio and audio is passive and audio is convenient mm-hmm. and we love convenience and there's a lot of people who now listen to my podcast instead of watching my videos because it's easier. Mm-hmm. Like while you're running or while you're driving yeah. or while you're on a plane because you have to give the attention to the screen. Uh, I'm a very, very big fan of audio and I think we saw pictures mm-hmm. and videos have their day and will always have their day, but have done incredibly well in the last seven years on the internet. I think you're gonna see audio have an incredible, we're seeing it and more, and to your point about voice, AI, machine learning, intelligence, you know, 
speaking to Alexa, speaking to Google Assistant, like these are gonna be incredible technologies. Voice is the next platform. So easy. No friction. Yeah. I mean, how can it get any easier unless you just think about it? Think about this. For Steve to be here, he's probably talked to somebody on my team. Uh-huh. The fact that Steve could have said in six years, Alexa, I wanna see Gary when he's in Denver. Alexa's like, cool, let me get back to you. On my end, Alexa's like, hey, Steve Campbell wants to see you, you cool with that? I'm like, yes. We, Alexa then, or Google then, taps into both of our calendars, sees when the timing's right, and books it for us. And by the way, it might have been that we shouldn't see each other in Denver. We happen to both be in San Francisco in four days yeah. from now, and we both have an hour. Like, people don't get it. People don't understand how aggressive the technology advances are gonna be. Yeah. Well, um, hey, I just want to keep painting because I want people to hear this. Alexa, what's what's the favorite restaurant of all my favorite people right now in Texas? Answer, answer. No Google search. No going to Yelp. No posting on Twitter to get answers. Yeah. Answer on the spot, in demand, real time, clean data, real. Yeah. Fast, on the spot. Typing slow compared to that. That's the point. Yeah. Typing's faster than making a phone call, that's why we text and don't call. Mm-hmm. But, but voice is way faster than search. Search is in deep shit. I would not want my life to be dependent on Google search. Google search is going to decline over the next two decades very quickly. Wow. It will slow and steady. Look at your kids or kids in your world. Go look at a seven year old. They're not typing search, they're voicing search. Mm-hmm. They're Alexa and Siri and using their iPad. Yeah. Voice. 25% of all Google searches on mobile devices are voice. 25%. Wow. Staggering. And it hasn't even started. Yeah. It's going to be the whole market. I'm bullish on voice and I'm excited. In six years when it's completely dominating, people are going to look back at all the content I made during this time and say, wow, he's right. Do you have some of that home automation stuff where you talk to it and it yeah. you know, does your, lights, your lights, your TV? It's, it's, wait, it's incredible. Yeah. It really is. It's like stuff from the Jetsons. Yep. Yeah. We're here. Yeah, we are. We're here. So last question for you. Um, what advice would you give for uh, entrepreneurs that want to get into the uh, want to get into the game, that want to jump in there? You know, there's a lot of people out there with ideas. Yep. The entrepreneurial spirit's strong. You're their spirit animal. Uh, what, what advice would you give for them? Please make sure if I'm your spirit animal or anybody else you think is cool, and I know a lot of you think a lot of different people are cool, make sure you understand that those people usually deployed a lot of self-awareness. They knew who they were. Zucks knew who he was, right? Sheryl Sandberg knew who she was. I knew who I was. Mm -hmm. Forget about anything that I've done. I understood who I was. I wasn't gonna build an app or a venture capital fund when everybody wanted me in 2009. Know who you are, self-awareness. It's cute that you're sitting in class right now thinking you're gonna build the next Uber, but do you have that ability? Mm. You know, know who you are. Get in the game and put yourself in a position to be successful based on what you're good at, what you're passionate about. The delta of what are you good at and what are you passionate about, if you're one of the great, lucky, fortunate people that what you love is what you're great at, you're gonna have some crazy things happen. Try to get as close to that as possible. Don't do something you hate for the most amount of money and don't do something so not practical that you love that you have to sleep on in a cardboard box. These are important conversations. Find that delta. But I think way too many people are making an extra 30,000 but hate what they're doing, but they've built a lifestyle around the 30,000. So they literally hate their life 
to have an extra bedroom in their house that they don't use. To what end? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Gary, thank you so much for thank taking you. the time with us. We really appreciate thank it. Thank you. And uh, see you soon. See you soon. Thanks. Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Gary V Experience. Now go out and share this, pass it on, let me know what you thought.